somehow you've discovered that uh, your spouse is in an affair. And I'm very sorry that you have. Um, I know this is a very painful time in your life. I know that you feel betrayed. You probably feel alone, confused, all these different adjectives that I won't bother to go into because I know you're feeling them and you don't need me to remind you. But here's what I do know. I know that an affair is never justified. But I do know this, no matter what has happened in your life, in the affair, whatever, that there is a way that you can overcome it and not just survive it, but thrive it. My name is Jim Porto and I'm a part of the Marriage Helper team. I want to encourage you to stay listening to this because at the end, we're going to have an absolutely free resource for you to take advantage of. This is Marriage Helper Quick Tips. Hosted by marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes, and our team of certified coaches. Our hosts will honestly share their hard-earned insight on some common marriage pitfalls and offer some quick tips backed by research that you can begin to use today. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Listen to Quick Tips wherever you get your podcasts, And don't forget to leave an honest review. We love hearing from you. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Quick Tips. And affairs happened. You didn't know about it or maybe there's been issues happening in the family. Who knows? But all of a sudden you've discovered that your spouse is in an affair. The first thing I want to encourage you to do is take a breath. You see, the emotion's not going to help you do much at this point. What you want to do is be able to deal with the emotion and then deal with the situation. Here's what I want you to know, that the affair is not a death sentence. It doesn't mean it's going to be over. In fact, it can be the beginning of something new once you get through it. It may sound crazy to hear that now, but I'm telling you that. So what do I do? Well, the first thing I would do is ask yourself this. Well, why do people cheat? Now, Partly, there are some people that cheat because they have some emotional issues. They have struggles that are inside, a, a, a real mental struggle. But outside of that, uh, typically good people do some bad things because of the situation they put themselves in. See, when we're in a good relationship with our spouse and emotionally we are intimate with one another, we're able to share things that we're afraid of or things from behind um, our wall that we hide. And as we share them, we find acceptance, we find care, uh, we find the love that's there, we grow more intimate. Well, if during the relationship, I start to interpret somehow that my spouse doesn't love me, like me, or respect me, either by their actions or by their words, I will find myself being hesitant. Now, it usually isn't a a, a huge reaction in the beginning, but I start noticing different behaviors. And so because the way I see the world is through my eyes, I begin to judge it through would I do that or I wouldn't do that. And if I start judging them negatively, all of a sudden I start raising up a brick wall between me and my spouse. See, the brick wall protects me from being attacked or protects me from not being accepted if I feel that way from you. So the more I try something, Thing and I get rejected, or the more I try to sell something or say something to you, rather, and they and you try to change my words or you go against me, I keep putting bricks up to eventually I have this wall over me and I've got a, a picture on the outside to make you happy. Well, one thing I know about that is that's terrible on a relationship and it's going to start to suffer. It would be 
probably a grace effort, something to get by if we went to this state and we just did without intimacy. But what happens in this is once we build a wall against our spouse, we still crave intimacy. So as a result, the heart is still looking for intimacy. And some person who not necessarily is an evil person, they're a good person as well, begins to share nice things, do nice things. um, And we start feeling good about that. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's justified. I'm saying it's the human behavior of being attracted or be somewhere where you feel um, worse. You feel important. You feel people care for you. So what happens is we separate ourselves from our spouse and then the intimacy uh, vacancy rather or vacuum is, is, is crying out for intimacy. Someone begins to share, be kind to us. And it's such a relief because we haven't felt there that we find ourselves wanting to be around it. And after too long, what will happen is emotions get involved. And that's when the affair starts. It's not people looking for bad stuff, but they end up doing some bad stuff. I think it's important to remember this because what, in order to forgive them, you have to make them a flawed human, not an evil human. And there are good people that do bad things. See, if I'm going to be able to forgive an affair, I have to realize that every one of us is broken and every one of us screw up. So we have to be careful about that emotional disconnect. All right. Now, I didn't say it was your fault. Perception matters. So a spouse may be perceiving negative emotions, but perception is reality. So the reality in this is that even if you don't feel you were doing something to put that wall up, you need to hear so you can see what they felt in order for them to be able to take the bricks down and you to be okay. The other thing I want you to keep in mind about forgiving an affair, uh, your spouse after an affair is that the forgiveness is really about you. It is. I mean, sometimes people have this idea that when I forgive, it's, it's, it's going to do something for that other person. Well, if that other person wants to be in a relationship or wants to be connected to you or cares about you, um, then it will be something for them. But forgiveness in its truest form is about you being free, about you releasing the, the need for vengeance or the need to come back at them. It's releasing all that and saying, I'm not going to give space in my head for this negative experience. I heard someone say once before that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Think about that for a minute. See, wise people make haste. They hurry to forgive because they know the value of time. How long are you going to be here? How long am I going to be here? It's a limited amount of time. And am I going to live in agony of unforgiveness, letting other people? No, uh -uh. I want to surrender that. So how can I forgive or, or, or why would I want to forgive? Because it's the best for me. It puts me in a better place and it's a big deal. The other thing you want to want to do is focus on the core issue. See, what happens during an affair more than not is people start focusing on the affair. And and to be frank, I I can understand that. I mean, it is a very visible, present threat, right? Um, Where some of the other things that's happening in the marriage, we can't really identify, all right? We don't understand how things broke down, but I can see that person, my spouse or whatever. So we focus on it, but it takes us off addressing the core need. I want you to think about it. No one left the marriage to start an affair. They left the emotional emotional connection in the marriage because they felt like they weren't loved, liked, and respected. Again, perception. And then this other person comes along as being kind. And if they both let down bricks and build intimacy, they fall into an affair. A lot of times this happens. Well, the bottom line in that is you have to realize that the affair is not the core, but rather in a symptom of what's going on in the broken relationship.
So it would be like if you had lung cancer, but all you were doing was focusing on the cough. You're dying of cancer, but you're not coughing anymore. See, we have to get to a place that we understand that the affair was a symptom of what was already broken in our relationship. And that if we focus on the affair, we're actually avoiding the core issue that has to be addressed if there's any hope for reconciliation, if there's any whatsoever. So I want to be able to forgive and I am going to forgive. Not only that, but forgiveness heals the hurt. If we don't forgive, if we, if we hold it in, really what that does is postpone the hurt. See, if I could forgive, it provides a method for me to now be reconciled if I can. But if I'm holding the pain, it pushes it off. Sometimes it suppresses it, but I promise you it will come out again later. So what we want to be able to do is forgive a person so it provides the space for us to find the core issue. See, if I don't start forgiving on the affair that, that's over and I don't start working towards building the cores and addressing the cores, we'll just be doing a dance, starting in different areas, but fighting the same fights, arguing the same ways, and eventually that just gets old. It really gets old. So I want to be in a place where I can forgive so I can see better. The lack of forgiveness can bring you into tunnel vision. The final thing I would say is have a picture, have a vision for what you want to look at this down the road. I think what some people do in these situations is they look too soon, too close. They, you know, it's been a week, two weeks, and they don't feel any different. Well, you probably won't, okay? It takes a period of time for you to be able to learn and discern and apply and, and extend trust and make some mistakes and do some really good stuff for you to build up the faith and trust to walk this. But I'm telling you, it can. I know that we survived an affair and we thrived over an affair. Thousands of people we have worked with have done it. And I know that you can if you're willing to give it a try. You might be sitting there and say, Jim, I don't know if I'm ready for it. The question I would ask you is, how would you know when you're ready? And how long would you wait in pain to find that? I want to encourage you to offer forgiveness for your freedom and you be in a place where you can be the right person for this relationship and you can make a huge difference. I told you there was going to be a free resource following this video, and I'm going to be a man of my word. The free resource is called How to Get Your Spouse Backed. If you'll write us here or give us a call at the office, we'll be happy to provide that for you absolutely free of charge. In addition to that, we have a paid resource that you can be a part of. It's a 10-week course called Save My Marriage. We've had thousands of people go through it with great success, and we'd love for you to check it out if it'll fit your life. Give us one of our CRs a call. Or you could go online and check it out. Either way, don't forget, subscribe, follow here on YouTube, all our other social media so you can be up to date on all the newest things we have coming out to help you and your relationship. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Marriage Helper Quick Tips. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to save marriages and strengthen families. We'll see you next Friday on the next episode of Quick Tips. Quick Tips.